I've been trying so hard not to love you You've been doing much better by far All those times I lost my way without you, girl You got no idea I'm here at all Hey, how's it going, everybody? I had a flashback of when I was a little kid, when I was first uh, getting into movies and and, uh, obsessed with the magic and the feeling of TV and film. Honestly, I thought, how can they know which actor to pick? How do they know what lines to write? How do they get everything so perfect? How do they not make any of those mistakes that I would make? Wow, the people in Hollywood must be really special. And it wasn't until many years later that I remembered that thought and realized that, of course, that's not how it works. That <laughs> they often get people that are not qualified in the roles or writing that has been done over and over and over again by 10 different writers and it's still not good. And the, t- the take that they used was kind of shit. And there was a better take on the fucking cutting room floor. Like not even, like they couldn't get one. They picked the wrong one. And it reminded me that sometimes it's not about perfection. It's about just doing it. Just getting up, getting it started and doing it. And if you make mistakes, try not to make them again. What I didn't understand at the time as a little kid was that it wasn't my admiration of the perfection on the screen that generated this feeling. It was my own fear of mistake and failure that fueled the curiosity behind their ability to overcome. And it brings me full circle, even to something as simple and small as a little podcast. Sure, shooting for quote-unquote perfection or the best that you can do is great, but you can often do much better work overall if you just press forward and keep going and just do it despite all the little things that can totally set you back. Like getting to the front page. Let's get to the front page. All right, this is a funny one coming to you from Our Politics, posted by Minifig81. That is one old tiny fig. All right, millionaires receive $1.7 million in coronavirus relief as most taxpayers get $1,200 checks thanks to hidden Republican loophole. And it is a posted article from The Independent by Chris Riata. As millions of Americans woke up to $1,200 checks in their bank accounts, some of the nation's richest taxpayers learned they were about to receive a bit of relief as well, about $1.7 million each to be exact. Nearly 43,000 millionaires across the country would soon profit off of a loophole adapted from the Republican tax code overhaul of 2017, which allows certain business owners to significantly reduce their tax liability by temporarily suspending the limit of deductions they can place against non-business income. Top comment by Chavocado, you son of a bitch. Here I am trying to be serious about millionaires exploiting the system to gain personally while others are struggling and motherfucking Chavocado has to do this to me. All right, Chavocado. (laughs) Says, can someone Eli 5 what the break is for millionaires on how exactly it works? All right, maybe explain like I'm financially literate. Zman1696 says, say in tax years 2015 through 2019, you made 5 million and paid 1 million in taxes. For a total of 25 million earned and 5 million in tax, you made 20 million after tax. Now, in 2020, due to COVID, your business didn't do so well. But luckily for you, the GOP introduced a tax loophole allowing you to, quote, carry back net operating losses for up to five years, end quote. Now, say your business lost money this tax year. Say you lost 
cost $5 million. You could pay zero in taxes this year, or instead you could retroactively apply a loss of $1 million to each of the previous five years. Now, in each of the last five years, we can pretend you made $4 million and only had to pay $750K in taxes. This year, you still made zero because your loss was moved back, so you still pay zero. Now you have saved $1.25 million. Now let's say your business made money this tax year. There are already tax loopholes that allow you to claim losses even if you made money. So not only are you skipping out on this year's taxes, you're also saving that extra $1.25 million. Now, I don't understand that either, but it does remind me of senior year when the principal guidance counselor and my math teacher hauled me into the principal's office to tell me, you don't have enough math credits to graduate. But here's what we're going to do. We're going to replicate your grades from the first two quarters of your junior year, copy and paste them into the first two quarters of your senior year that you had no math class, and then you can just work your ass off for the last half of the year and average that grade high enough so you can graduate. Wow, you can do that? Does the superintendent know? What, that high school alphabetized academic rankings are fictitious? Yeah, I think he knows. Clearly tax law follows the same rigid structure. All right, this next comment from 666moist. (laughs) Come on. All right. Now, for the record, never in my life has anyone said to me, I hate the word devil. I hate the word Satan. I hate the word Beelzebub. Never. But I have at multiple occasions met women who have said, I hate the word moist. I've also heard multiple times, I hate the word panties. Just be careful who you say moist panties to. That's all I'm saying. All right, you wet devil, what you got for me? Thank you for the first actual answer in this entire thread. Not only does that make perfect sense, I can completely see how that would both benefit small businesses affected by coronavirus and be able to be taken advantage of by companies that don't need it. And just to put a more educated cap on this government grift, aka C-19 stimulus package, I want to give the floor to my good friend over at the Hills Rising, Miss Crystal Ball. All right, Crystal, what's on your radar? This is a robbery in progress. That is how David Dayan, executive editor of the American Prospect, described the corporate bailout provisions negotiated by Republican and Democratic leadership. In his article, Unsanitized Bailouts, a tradition unlike any other, David digs into the details of the $2 trillion stimulus and bailout bill and comes to a stunning realization. While the public is being told that big business will benefit from a $500 billion slush fund, bad enough, the truth is that the dollar figures for industry are much much larger. In fact, that money is really going to capitalize $4.25 trillion in lending, a number that, of course, absolutely dwarfs the comparatively trifling $300 billion that small businesses will receive. Remember when they told us we couldn't afford Medicare for all? Even treatment for coronavirus is not covered in this bill. This bill doesn't even increase SNAP benefits. It's pathetic. The irony of the very people who impeached Donald Trump for supposedly being a unique threat to the nation now handing his administration $4 trillion in play money for corporate giveaways should be lost on no one. The decisions made now have massive implications. The stakes are so high, and that's why I'm so angry. We had a chance to actually rebalance the scales just a little bit in favor of small business, small towns, and individual workers. Instead, just like after 2008, the big guys will get even bigger and richer. The little guys will go bankrupt or get bought up in a fire sale. Monopolistic power concentrations will continue to destroy small enterprise, gut our small towns and cities, and strip workers of any semblance of power since they've got no choice but to give their labor for poverty wages to one of our massive omnipresent corporate overlords. The bottom line is this. $1,200 and unemployment insurance is not nearly enough to trade for a $4 
trillion dollar investment in massive corporate control over our country for years to come. All right, TLDL, too long, didn't listen. We started with an article written by Chris Riata, published in The Independent, posted by our good friend, Minifig81, thanks Minifig, stating that while you and I received one check for $1,200, 43,000 American millionaires also received a check for $1,200, but they received 1,416 of them. This one anecdotal element in the vast fog of war that is the COVID-19 stimulus package is a spotlight on the continued cultivation of the disparity between the wealthy and we regular folk. The difference between one rent payment for one month of financial water treading compared to almost $2 million dollars of affluent welfare that could literally provide the average American family with land, a home, and stability for their family that could stand generations is impossible to ignore. You know what I miss? Fun. Let's get back to the front page. All right, this next one is coming from R Watch People Die Inside from user VUXX6078 titled Racist Tried to Defend the Confederate Flag. I completely understand that people think the Confederate flag to be a racist symbol, but the vast majority of people believe that it's a symbol of heritage. It's a symbol of our history that people think is associated with the South and the South was fighting for slavery. That's a common misconception about what actually took place. When you study the history, that was one thing that the war was about. People don't go to war for one issue. Uh, I mean, I'm not a historian. I, I mean, you're, you're putting me on the spot for something I, you know. So we got one thing that the war is about, slavery. What are two other things that the war is about? Um, um, the Confederate, uh, the, um, in general, the war was about tyranny. What does tyranny mean? Tyranny is any time a government overreaches and they control a life too much. Like slavery. <laughs> so, I mean, why didn't you just say, a, yeah. Like slavery, since I don't currently believe in slavery, he couldn't, he couldn't even fake it. <laughs> Top comments from Axandro. A little piece of trivia. This isn't and never was the official flag of the Confederate States. While it is the one the Army and the Navy used to avoid friendly fire, as the Confederate flag was really similar to the Union flag. Linder Lu Hu says he totally forgot the usual go-to argument for the Confederate flag, colon. Quote, states' rights. Yeah, their, quote, right to own slaves, these friggin' guys. One Mike G responds, and more importantly, their right to force other states to recognize their ownership of slaves. The whole problem with being a slave-owning state in a union of other non-slave-owning states is that the slaves will just escape to the other states where they can be free. If you can't force those other states to treat the slaves as property and hand them back over to your slave-owning state, then you'll never keep slaves. And that's why there was a war. Linder Lu Hu responds, I grew up in the South and we were taught the, quote, states' rights bullshit early on. My dad was a racist guy from Arkansas originally. He was also in the Navy. But one day he came home from a long cruise, I was around seven or eight, and he said, quote, no more of that. I don't want to hear it from anyone in this family ever again. We did what he said. So that was that. After that, we had black friends who would come over for sleepovers and we all hung out as equals. I didn't understand why my dad didn't about face. But as an adult, I'm thinking as he served in the Navy with black people, he worked with, respected, befriended, and they changed his entire outlook from the one he'd been programmed with as well. That's right there. That's my favorite. (laughs) Adults ending the cycle of training children to hate other people for no reason. Call me crazy. Golden Lion Car Park agrees and says, I'm glad to hear of your dad's shift. And our first deleted user comment says, it is honestly the proven method of getting out of your backyard changes your worldview. Quote, 
Travel is fatal to prejudice, bigotry, and narrow-mindedness, and many of our people need it sorely on these accounts. Broad, wholesome, charitable views of men and things cannot be acquired by vegetating in one little corner of the earth all one's lifetime. Mark Twain. Great quote, and totally true. Think about it. How many things have you tried? Food, a book series, a TV show that you thought, because you'd never seen it, was gonna suck, and then you fell in love with it fell in love with the characters, identified with the similarities, became empathetic about their journey, and all of a sudden, boom, you're not a racist prick anymore. That, in my opinion, is an underappreciated aspect of good cinema and the fucking cornerstone of the success of the documentary genre. I don't know what high schools are up to nowadays, but they should have a cultural studies class that is designed to combat prejudice and racism simply by playing really cool documentaries every week. Kids would learn and love it, and it would be a really fantastic way to make them better people. Why does everything that starts out funny end up very serious? Let's get back to the front page and try to find something hilarious. Got it. T-I-F-U. Today I fucked up telling my girlfriend the end game of Solar System, causing her to have a panic attack. Ha 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 ha. Coming straight from R-T-I-F-U from user Kortanak. I was replying to a Redditor on another sub about why diamonds are actually extremely common and why they're essentially worthless. I was on FaceTime with my girlfriend and she noticed I was typing a lot and asked me what I was writing. I start telling her about diamonds, how they're formed, where they come from, and so on. My mind begins to get sidetracked, as it always does, and I talk about the different types of stars and how they, quote, die and what the fate of our sun will be. As she starts to worry about the end of life in our solar system, I get sidetracked again and try to reassure her that we don't have to worry about the sun swallowing Earth in its outer shell as a red giant because our neighboring galaxy Andromeda will already be merged with our galaxy, making it impossible for us to have a home here anyways. As my girlfriend digests this information, she starts to think of how humanity may end completely and how life and our existence is basically meaningless, which sends her into a panic attack, causing her to freeze up, have difficulty breathing, and start crying for about five minutes straight. Now I'm here typing this up and trying to get her to relax at the same time by explaining how we are relatively young species and have a long time to figure out a game plan, though I'm not sure any of it is really helping. TLDR, I told my girlfriend the sun will eventually burn out, swallowing Earth in the process and eliminating all life, causing her to have a panic attack and cry before bed. There's some shit that's true that you can't tell your kids when they're certain ages. I'm talking to her, she goes, Daddy, does the Earth go around the sun? And I was like, yeah. She goes, does it do it all the time? I'm like, yeah. She says, will the Earth always go around the sun forever? And I was like, well, no, at some point the sun's gonna explode. <laughs> <laughs> Top comment from Darkonia, do not tell her about the heat death of the universe. Cacper 42 pl says, a moron here, what is the heat death of the universe about? Whoa, 113. The heat death of the universe is when the universe has reached a state of maximum entropy. Basically, it runs out of energy. All of the stars have burned out, and the temperature of the entire universe is at absolute zero, zero degrees Kelvin. I think at this point, subatomic particles and anything smaller than them no longer move. There is no light, there is no energy sources left to make light or heat. And user Tide Goes In replies, basically everything spreads out to the point where photons fly through the void, no longer bouncing off anything, nothing for billions and billions of kilometers. Empty, flat, cold. She started crying immediately, crying bitter tears for the death of all humanity. Well, the silver lining here is if Kortanak ever needs to break up with his girlfriend, he has a devastating breakup line. It's over because you're just like the heat death of the universe. Empty, flat, and cold. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you like the new format. I'm going to try to pump these out as quickly as I can, but they do take a lot of work. But I'll see you later. What we're going to find And I don't need to Cut you down to three
I've been trained to see the worst in everything You don't want to see inside my mind Praying that my lonely days are over, girl Tell the judge and jury I'm alright And now she knows all of those things. She's gonna die. Everybody she knows is gonna die. They're gonna be dead for a very long time. And then the sun's gonna explode. She learned all that in 12 seconds. And a special thanks to Louis C.K. for that content. Thanks, Louis.